TCU podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Andre Culleton, and we now return to part two of our Sense 8 episode with guest Tony Duback. So, what happens is, you know, we have season, season one is the initial uh, where we're Sense 8. What is Sense 8? Mm-hmm. Okay, there's mm-hmm. the uh, this BPO is tracking us. Mm-hmm. It's season two the relationships, especially with the partners, come into the fold more. Mm-hmm. More people are in secret, bug, understanding um, things. He, he really didn't need to understand to be involved, but mm-hmm. he is, they're brought into this this place and they are even getting uh, getting on the wavelength of the sensate in a way through mm-hmm. their connections through their own partner. So what happens is they all have these deepening relationships and Kafias, he's running for office, terrifying his mother. Uh, and he's, <laughs> he's, you know, essentially trying to do the thing in the physical world that he's in, right? Yeah. And like, for me, this was the scene that hit me the most unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember which day it was i think i honestly i think it was uh after the first january 6 hearing that i got to this episode and i had watched the i haven't watched the other ones yet i've been getting cliff notes of them because i just haven't had time to sit down Mm. for two hours to watch this uh but i had watched the first one in full Mm. and um and i'm watching and and the scene comes up and the start of the scene i get my full body chills and then there's this shot of the crowd before he even gets to the stage of these people who are so excited and um i actually was an organizer for obama's second campaign Mm -hmm. um and i remember like i i i remember being inspired i remember being excited i remember the energy at those rallies and i just started sobbing just full sobbing because i'm just like i i miss believing in a leader i miss feeling like someone is going to do something like i miss that that inspiration and his speech even like the the you know when he talks about like these are things that we've never talked about when he's talking about like where he like what tribes he and his best friend come from these are things we've never talked about because they don't matter right like that hit me but just someone genuinely wanting to make a difference running for office yeah like and and you can argue that like you have folks like aoc who Mm. are there now but like i didn't get to vote for her she's not in my area like i i've not been able to vote for somebody that i actually believed in since obama's last election we did it we did it joe i feel like the the show in particular with with sense eight when we when we feel powerless in it that's that's kind of 
I don't, I don't know how they do it, but I, it's the emotion whenever they're in these situations when someone's trying to control what they're trying to do. We yeah. can we can ping that from the last few days and we're no, mm-hmm. no longer able in this country, you know, to terminate pregnancies for whatever reason and have bodily autonomy because of that. Mm-hmm. Like that that right there is is why we we free our minds. That's why we're sensate. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> and like one of the one of the 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 quotes from a different part of it that really like speaks to me about right now is Nomi during the do we do this DJ gig and she says Mm. your life is either defined by the system or by the way you defy the system and I think honestly and and I keep saying this to people in media and I know that a lot of folks who are queer in the media know this but like we have a responsibility in the media as creators to work on our culture because if our politics can't change the only arena we have right now is our media is our culture and I think that is how we defy the system right now when we feel powerless in other ways and you know queer creators I think we are definitely aware of that. And I'm not saying everyone go out and make a documentary. What I'm saying right. is I like to see more sensate. I'd like to see more yeah. shits Creek. I would yeah. like to see more shows that are just here to normalize this. I'm right. done with coming out stories. <laughs> we know I'm done with white AIDS so stories true. from the eighties. We know yeah. I want more pose. Yeah. I want more of that because yeah. I think the only place right now that we can really make a difference is in normalizing things through the media and finding ways to do that. Because if we're able to help our population see this as normalized, if we're able to normalize this, then we start to get the votes to reflect that because obviously um, the system is rigged in my opinion sure. it's very rigged and I think what we need to focus on is that cultural shift and and as as people who create what our populace consumes we have that power to a degree that I think some people who are not part of a, lar- a marginalized community and maybe some people who are just don't know they don't realize the power that we have as creators and just to put just to like put a period on that be like because i i've been thinking about this so much since running up that hill has been such a, a rebirth hit you guys have to understand i that song is lesbian to me that song <laughs> was given to me by lesbians and enjoyed by lesbians in my presence very, very often. It's synonymous to me with queer culture. I have no idea how Kate even identifies. But that song was featured on Pose a couple seasons ago. It did not become a, a huge hit. It did not get a million dollars for Kate Bush Weekly, you know, after 30, 36 years. It's the 1985 release song. It's as old as this motherfucker sitting right here. So I, I am, I am, I am... Uh, not somebody who wants to dispose because those girls that were on that show is like, that was, those are amazing performances. But like Ryan Murphy writing um, our, our stuff is, is inherently problematic. And mm-hmm. there's a reason that that, that song did not have that life it is not it is not the same thing as stranger things it is not stranger things can shift culture last year they had people watching never ending story so mm-hmm. so it's also about 
the high quality nine million dollars an episode it's about it's about matrix level special effects yeah. and being these are the best of these are the best of us you know the, the yeah. Wachowskis are the best of the best trans directors you know yeah. I'm like 500th on the list they're up there so like let you know that that, that this is this is really an, an important that's why it's the yeah. moment <laughs> yeah. exactly and and yeah and I think I think that's that's something that I'm really hoping that we keep seeing because we are seeing a lot more content that is just kind of like these are queer people it's normal in our world moving mm -hmm. on we have a story to tell i just i want to see more of that and i i really hope that we continue to see more of that and i hope that we can we see a huge push in in media that you know um kind of like like hernando said art that isn't trying to be political, but is right. inherently political because it is love made public or right. it is diversity made public or it is, I don't just, it's, it's just, it is by put upon people. It is, exactly. you know, it is from exactly. the voice of the people. Yeah. yeah um, exactly. So just to, just to wrap up how the story ends, basically um, mm -hmm. BPO hunts the cluster through this, two and a half hour episode yeah. again still hunting them they unpack all their emotional storylines and eventually you know wolfgang is 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 taken and they they orchestrate physically being there which is yeah. just so funny after all of the setup yeah. that like even when he says what will says to whispers he's like you can't visit me because i'm here so it, it's just yeah. like turning it on its head is so funny it's the kind of thing when you like sci-fi that's that's why you set up the dominoes to knock them down later yeah. um kala of course nearly dies we're all just devastated crying she is saved by her own her own knowledge we culminate in all all of them going to to kill these motherfuckers and that's mm -hmm. essentially what happens like they blow that fucking chopper out of the sky wolfgang is the one to do it they hand mm -hmm. bpo back to the daughter of the good lady that started yep. it and seemingly everything is kind of right with the world so it, we end on this eiffel tower wedding of nomi and amanita i want to i want to kind of just rapid fire like just see yeah. like if if you have notes on these so um, just talking about Nomi's lobotomy, the healthcare, mm. and her lack of agency in the hospital in the beginning. Just my couple of thoughts on this were that that this is emblematic of the larger, just getting tea or estrogen, mm -hmm. all of that sy systemic. It's also stuff. very emblematic of like the treatment of mental health in this. Sure, system. sure, or even the lobotomies of people over the last couple of hundred years mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. lobotomy hardly ever really actually the medical solution i think 100 percent mm -hmm. of the time it's been debunked so let's get on out of there you know mm -hmm. but but there's 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 uh, people telling her that she doesn't know what she wants she doesn't know what she needs and the only person of course is amanita setting fire to break rooms and and busting her out it's this it's this love that overpowers everything so i think that's why we we connect to it also what's up was the props to this music supervisor because sure. what's up beautiful choice for that has the world gone mad perfect yeah. 
perfect yeah. for that like the music supervisor was like on it it came back to me when the world shut down for covid yeah like what's going on was just constantly in my head and i i that song i played it almost every day yeah. during the beginning of at least the shutdowns here yeah that scene says a lot about just healthcare and mental health care to me in at least in america and how we we treat it and and look at it and how we treat people who really just need different care right like, right right an updated care system like oh you haven't heard of that care uh oh wait but you're exempt against it or something it sounds like you know they never unpack that middle part of like why did that yeah. person need that care um and and of course the show does a great job of having her turn around and give the shot as i mentioned and, ha and showing the positive HRT experience that mm -hmm. she's had, which is great. I also want to note just uh, when they first see Bug, of course, and the journey that he takes. Yeah. Being, being one of those people that you love. We all have those people. But God, why, why, why talk? Why, um, why say anything? Hey, Bug. Where's Mike? It's me. I'm... Mike. Oh, shit. Fuck. Right. Totally forgot I'm a fucking idiot. Of course it's you, buddy! Of <laughs> course it's you. Not you, like the old you. Like a new, hot version of you. Shit, Mike. You're a total fox. I would do you. I would. I would totally. I mean, not like, not in a degrading way like that sounded, but total compliment. Thank you. Her name is Nomi. That, that's sort of some of those moments where we get with him, but we, we see at the end when he's, yeah. he's standing right at, up there as part of the wedding party mm -hmm. that he's important in her life. Yeah, he is. And, and I, I love Bug. Bug is kind of that friend that is a little bit awkward and mm -hmm. you may not fully know how to like carry the conversation because his interests are a little bit out there, but like right. he's down to help. He's there to help. Like he takes what is probably an extremely expensive route to sure. get to them, to make sure he's not <laughs> followed with a, just a truckload of gear. Right. Bug, Bug is is a great great addition to the team regardless of how quirky he is i also wrote down a little bit about the terminology blockers of course mm -hmm. specifically using that term for the thing that keeps other sensate out of their head mm -hmm. so i mean there's a lot that you could that you could pull from that go a lot of different directions but i think in the very basic sense of it saying that it's blockers and having hormone blockers that protect trans people from um developing sex characteristics through the the gender that they do not identify mm -hmm. with the mm -hmm. ones that are naturally coming into their body even to have time to think a lot of trans people do it like to have time to stop and think about it so mm -hmm. i think that's just a brilliant choice yeah, I think so too. And I think what's what's interesting is their discussion of how it feels different. They also have a different 
like level of peace or sometimes different quality of life depending on which part of the story is like will Mm -hmm. obviously in the beginning Um, but how that connection disrupted needing to be disrupted to protect Mm -hmm. all that stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, there's just a lot in that about uh about trans people we're all over the show (laughs) all over yeah it's yeah it just everywhere (laughs) um i would also i also want to say you know in terms of body swap lore we grew up with body swap films hot chick you know Things that oftentimes when the person is in a certain situation happens a lot in Freaky Friday where it's like, I don't want to kiss my stepdad or dad or whatever it is, you know, like that kind of thing. But there is usually a lot of like, ew, like hair is growing there. I think uh, just generally the, the cluster accepts so much more that we don't have that here. It's just not mm-hmm. what we're experiencing with the property. And I really, yeah. really appreciate that. And what I love about the clusters is just like to become sensei, you automatically have to suspend your disbelief. When you suspend disbelief, I think that opens your mind up to possibilities. You know, impossibility is just a kiss away from reality. Yep. Yeah. It, it very much it's it's that that that's another quote that I'm like, if words didn't fade terribly in tattoos, that would be <laughs> on my body already. There's so many good quotes. I mean, and, and people are saying things like, you know, if, yeah, if people could read your thoughts, you couldn't lie. Stuff that's very like we don't even have to really unpack it and figure it out, which is great because the story can be a little confusing. So I, I think that actually really works with the property and makes it really satisfying. Yeah. And there are several points where you could unpack it, but the show is so blatant that I feel like there are points where you don't even have to unpack it because sure. the show is just like, here it is. <laughs> right. You cannot this is what's lie. happening. Or yeah. like somebody will be like, what's happening? And the other character who's a sensei will have to just literally give us exposition. The exposition. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, when you have a reason for it, it's yep. okay. <laughs> yep. Also, uh, I wanted to note this quote from Mr. Hoy when he says, mm. I'm slowly dying of survival. I have that written down on my notes as well. Hoy, I was Christmas. just like, ooh, that smacks <laughs> of uh, living in a capitalist society, especially if you are living in an urban center. Yeah, I think there's there's honestly the price of of living free asserting your freedom asserting your gender as we you know maybe we're a few years away from uh, the the most awkward parts of transition but that level of asserting it all the time it's just exhausting and i think we're all experiencing a little bit of that fatigue the country over right now so um i've totally felt felt him and i Mm -hmm. can't believe that he did survive (laughs) I do want to, um, I think we we haven't really touched on uh, Leto uh, specifically in the cons- uh, in the closet and the mm. consequences of what you know that means for him uh, in Mexico City and Mexican cinema, but also what what are the things that that reminds us of in terms of trans talent and uh, queer talent electing to stay in the closet. I think there's a lot, a lot to do with obviously culturally the landscape there. Definitely. Being very unforgiving. Yeah. Yeah. 
there's there's things that are not portrayed in the movies. So that's sort of where it starts. There's no no vein of their their filmmaking that he feels like he wants to do. But just like with trans talent, we talk about all the time. What are the parts that they want to play though? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely. He's an action star. Yeah, I definitely agree. And like, I think you know, it made me talking about this now it's making me think a little bit about disclosure the documentary on netflix (laughs) um and you know the conversation in there about yeah i'm trans but like i want to be able to play more than that and like i i i identify that as with that as an audience member because i yeah i'm trans and i want to see trans people in media but like I don't want to keep seeing the same stories over and over again. Like I don't I feel like a lot of queer media is made for straight people to feel bad for us. Yeah. And I'm really sick of it because like I and that's one of the reasons I connect so strongly to Sensate is there are queer people in this. They're and they're they're not in another fucking coming out story. Yeah. Yeah. And I I understand like like that typecasting being type like his his quote like being typecast it's like it's I don't remember exactly how it's said but it's like prison for an actor yeah. I think is how he said it. You one you'd get bored. Sure. I can imagine you get bored and in a creative career the last thing you want to be is bored. Right. Especially with the roles that you're getting but also like it's kind of like I'm more than just my sexuality or my gender identity. And I've felt that a couple of times where, you know, when I was in college in 2012, I uh, I was the only trans person on campus for a long time. Yep. And I was also highly involved in the GSA. And so for the entire, for like several UW schools, University yeah. of Wisconsin schools, I was going around doing trans 101s and literally carrying the entire weight of the trans community every time. Yeah. Because I was having to essentially be a spokesperson for this community that wasn't really present in these systems or at least wasn't openly present in these systems. And I got, you know, and and then I went and made my career about activism. Because that's the only place that I thought I could be. I was given a very strong impression that there was no place for me in in the contemporary classical world or in the film world. As a musician, there was not a place for me. Seems Uh, very arbitrary. mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I and and that I left music for several years because of that because I didn't think I would be able to get anything except fringe stuff. Yeah. And that I wouldn't be able to do enough to really be able to have a career as a composer the way that I wanted to. Um, But I got really sick of being the trans guy. And I had to have a conversation with a couple of my friends about, can you please stop introducing me as your trans friend? (sighs) Because then the people that I was introduced to as the trans friend immediately felt free to start asking questions. And I wasn't like in, and several, and a lot of the times I wasn't necessarily in 
teaching mode at that point. Yeah. So it would kind of catch me off guard. But at that point, I felt like I didn't have a choice in just answering them and, you know, answering them in the way that is thoughtful and not call outy and like yeah. is patient and you get really sick of it. And I would imagine that like, that's why actors are so hesitant to come out is because they don't want to end up just being the gay actor, the trans actor, yeah. only getting those roles, like acting when I was in theater um, as a, like a high schooler, I, I really enjoyed being able to step out of my own experience and my own identity mm -hmm. and into something new. Acting is very imaginative and I, I'm sure there is there are times where actors are like, I really identify with this person. They are very similar to me and I want to play this. Yeah. But I would imagine that there are multiple times where they're like, I want to play something different. But yeah, I like I, I, I feel for Leto worrying about that. And I understand, especially in the country that he's in with the culture that he is, you know, struggling with a little bit because he was raised in this culture although granted we find out later that his mother is quite spectacular um <laughs> i love leto's mom yeah, i love leto's mom the but, the, but i'm sure like the men that were in his life very much also still instilled that in him and he wants to be an action star. There's nothing wrong with a queer person not wanting to play queer roles. Just the idea that the culture has the uh, support of the government and, you know, the idea that they get back, the apartment is, is locked. They, you know, go into the apartment uh, where when they find um, Daniela's parents already there the ex already there i mean people are just getting away with uh violating their privacy left and right so i just i can't imagine how scary it must be and our government is totally scary but how scary it must be to be in a place where they don't even have to really veil that in any kind of way it's so overt and there's, there's, as they say many times, there's like nothing that we can do about it. So it's something that I worry about whether or not that's a direction we may be heading right now. Sure. Um, Reasonable. It, it definitely, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. it definitely makes me a little bit nervous um, that we may be heading in that direction. But um, I was a poli sci major after I was a music major uh, mm -hmm. and I wrote a paper. Uh, I think it was my senior year. I wrote a paper that was analyzing um, specifically Latin America, but it, I was also studying um, the United States a little bit. And it was talking, the paper was focused on how in Latin America, you had governmental change before you had societal change. Mm -hmm. And you had extreme backlashes. And I tied that to, at the time, marriage equality was starting to become a little bit, we were starting to get a little bit of traction state mm. by state on civil unions, on marriages and all that. And what I noticed in the United States as well was that we were also experiencing a backlash. And so my argument was essentially, if culture does not change before the laws change, people, marginalized communities who these laws are meant to protect end up more at risk. Yeah. 
Um, and it and it's an argument that I that I bring into my life as somebody in the media now in the media working in the media now. You are the media, Tommy. I am the media. Yeah, no, God, <laughs> no. Um, but it, it's something that like I I try to bring up with people, especially like if there's not a if I'm if I'm chatting with somebody who's in the industry who's not queer, I do talk about that. Yeah. And I talk about how the media really does have more of a responsibility than it recognizes. Yeah. Um, it has and, more power than it recognizes. Or it does recognize it, and it's just maybe some places do recognize it, and they're Fox maybe is going like, in the wrong <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I, I also think there's a hesitancy in the media. We see it with Disney all the time. They're hesitant to be gayer because they will ostracize some of the countries that consume their media. I heard somewhere that China actually is a bigger consumer of Disney than the United States is, mm -hmm. which is why you won't get queer main characters, at least not at this point, until someone at Disney is willing to say, yeah, we don't have to give this to China. This can be a, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. We don't. If China doesn't want it, who cares? We make it anyway. That's um, why the because I I watched the new Spider Man's the other day. I don't know if I mentioned that to you last time we talked, but we watched them, and I was like, I want to see Zach Barack because you know, um, like a colleague and whatever. It's a long shot. It's so it's so far away. You know, he's like it's a long shot of him across a quad in in Italy or whatever, and then because I'd watched the first one too. Josie Toto was in that, but I think, you know, she was pre-transitioned, so they didn't make a big hubbub about it or whatever. But again, a long shot. <laughs> so yeah. just really, the same shot, really. Mm -hmm. So I just, uh, you know, you're right. Like, it's like, it's a wink to the American audience that they think will suffice, but because of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you saw it with Warner Brothers in the Fantastic Beasts series as well. Uh, in that, well, I don't know if this was well, Warner Brothers calls or J.K. Yeah. Rowling's call. Um, although I think she has very little influence over that now. Uh, I would say, yeah, I've different heard, now. Yeah, uh, considering she was not invited even right. to the to special, the... Yeah. but like, and right. that was the thing. I actually, I was really frustrated um, with the fact that they did end up having Dumbledore admit that he loved Grindelwald because I was like, after everything that yeah. happened, this feels like pandering. It, I didn't know how to feel because I did, because I, I haven't really watched them when they came out, but something about that one, I was like, I want to see what they did. Well, and then I was like, all right, I need to see, I want to see, how it did box office numbers it was the worst box office numbers that they've ever had yeah. they needed i think they said they needed six or eight million to like be able to break even or whatever that's all it costs six or eight million um i don't remember but like it was they made three million they made three million dollars on it I mean, it all looks like it's in front of a green screen, but uh, yeah, mm -hmm. just the the pandering um, first scene of that, I was I felt so triggered, like she had me again. So anyway, yeah. you know, she was yeah. playing with me, but yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's a little, it's a crumb. 
yeah, it's a crumb, and that's. I feel like that's. We're we're really sick of it. I'm sick of. I'm sick of re-traumatizing media. Like I'm yeah. I, like queer people don't want to watch somebody go through the traumatic experiences we've already gone through. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's hard to watch. It isn't something that I want to sit there. It's not something that I watch for enjoyment. Yeah. I, I like happiest season. I watched it with my friend, and we were both legitimately like <laughs> awkward laugh screaming the it's entire so time <laughs> because it was like some of those moments were so recognizable from our own lives that it was just painful to watch. Yeah. Media industry needs to figure out what like to actually get their shit together and like and it extends it extends yeah. to other characters um being cast unimaginatively uh you know that great we have a black doctor and a female doctor um as my sibling would say dressed totally tragically as a crime against women <laughs> So I, I I think that a, a lot of characters, you know, that are action stars would be fascinating to be gay and Leto could even play a character like that. But again, the opportunity and the cultural just uh, getting over the hump of selling the movie and stuff seems mm -hmm. so big to a company. Uh, and, I, and I don't find that to be a very valid excuse because you know like when you put three spider-mans together that's gonna sell you have to just do that make one of them gay like yeah like there's, yeah. there's a lot of like different things that you can do on these bigger properties and i don't give a fuck ab about who is uncomfortable by that yeah and i had uh someone who is straight ask well how do i as a straight director or producer not having a queer experience can I do that respectfully? Is it disrespectful for me to be the the lead person on this? And I've told them, I'm like, there are, like, I understand. I understand yeah. your concern, and I appreciate you verbalizing that to me. Right. And then I've talked them through, like, you can be a lead creator of something that has queer characters at the forefront. Yeah. And the best way to do that involve queer people on your creative team right. they will help you through that right and just do it and if it's too hard honestly you shouldn't be making it like if it's yes. too, if it's too like i don't know about this this and this and it's like, wait where's your route there are ways of responsibly doing it and honestly the responsible way to do it is involve queers on your lead creative team right and pay them just as much as you would, and that's across the board, and I'm not going to name names, but the people that I know that you think that are making huge amounts of money, those huge amounts of money are not comparable to the huge amounts of money that other people get, and they get to do the double duty of being a little trans um, police, you know, going around set and stuff, and it's not fun and it's not creative, so um, yeah, work with us, but don't do that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about Daniela and mm. just the way that she introduces herself, maybe not the best way to the situation, but because of the connection that they have, the human connection, 
there is sort of a natural progression towards this this threesome and her eroticism towards um, gay men is already already happening but i i do think that there is a lack of conversation obviously like in this yeah trouble. and what i what i really i love daniela's development yeah i think her character development is really well done and i think had they been given the amount of seasons that they wanted i think we would have seen that conversation and also her like taking on her role as agent like one of the things i love about that scene with daniela as a freelancer um as a freelance composer i struggle very hard to find paid work what my my what my coach uh has told me is you create your own opportunities when you are struggling to find people who pay you or people who will let you in the door you create your own opportunities and that scene with daniela is such a beautiful example of being like, fuck that. Yeah. I am walking through the door. You're not going to let us through the door. I don't give a shit. I do not walk to closed doors. Doors yeah. are not closed to me. Yeah. And I and I think she sets an example for Leto in that moment of you are not controlled by this industry. Yeah. You can take control of the industry yourself. And I, I think that... I think Hernando and, and Daniela, I think this thruple, especially once it kind of gets to a healthier point than where it starts, I think this thruple really is a great demonstration of how, of that kind of when we're explaining, when I've been explaining polyamory to different people, I talk about how you have multiple friends, right? And, you know, with this friend, you go off and do adventures. But with this friend, this friend is your Netflix and chill friend, your actual, like, ne or this friend is, you know, you go shopping with this one. And each one serves a different, fulfills a different part of you. And that's what polyamory really is. It's just bringing the intimacy level to up. Yeah. It's just dialing that up a bit. And you see that not only in the way that Daniela and Lito interact and Hernando and Lito interact, you also see it in the way that Hernando and Daniela interact. Yeah. Um, and I think that when it's in season two, I think they are a really good example of polyamory in that sense of demonstrating that polyamory isn't necessarily just about the sex which i think a lot right. of people think it is right. it's not about that it's about a deeper intimate relationship yeah and it's about not expecting one person to be your everything because you're allowed to have different interests you're allowed to go out and do different things you don't have to share everything with one person and it's not fair to expect one person to be able to fill all of your wants and needs because they are also an individual. And and that that development with Daniela as they kind of go and I think we may have talked about this uh a little bit earlier but like that kind of I think they honestly kind of provide a realistic example about how unicorn like about how like a a thruple kind of sometimes comes into being of oops, I guess we're a thruple uh let's navigate some problematic bullshit and then kind of get there eventually at least in the way that i've seen it um is is kind of i, th I think it's a really realistic look at kind of the development of 
of just polyamorous relationships in the early days when we were still trying to figure this out. She she inserts herself into their lives in a lot of ways when they begin to make out, you know, in the hot tub, that kind of thing. There's a there's a door that opens sexually and they in some ways let her go through it so it's definitely not the best but again you know when we take apart like uh, characters on this show I think it's often something that we just forget um in in general discussion Mm -hmm. it's not about the character being morally perfect or anything what would we be talking about then they were good and then they went over and did something good with that other one who was doing good like this is just not really how we make movies so the interesting thing is that yes we make you know a lot of mistakes but Daniela makes a lot of good choices that um I'm definitely not even capable of yet so (laughs) she's she's a really good person and she has no influence from the culture in her heart she she battles with it of course thinking about her choices well and she's also been damaged by this culture she's also been hurt by this culture and i think that brings her level of empathy for what Lido and hernando yeah are experiencing as gay men in mexico yeah and i i i i get so bored with characters that aren't flawed right so the fact that they do have these flaws, even if, you know, their relationship has problematic elements, like, what is it? The That quote, life doesn't always allow us to be the best per- versions of ourselves. Right, right. It's so true. How many, how many of us have been in horrendous situations where we want to be better, but because of the situation we're in, it's really hard. Yeah, to be better or to be the best version of ourselves because we're not happy, we're hurting. And when you're hurting, it's hard to escape that mindset and allow yourself to really feel better, make better choices, you know, communicate better. Even though it's kind of like the sci-fi adventure situation, I don't really know what genre it fits in exactly. Sure. Like, it still, I think, speaks to the inner human experience yeah. really well. Yeah, I, I do think centrally it could, you know, it's thematically um, about Polly in a larger sense and the idea that you know when you're when you have your thoughts um read by somebody or open to somebody in a way that isn't even of your entirely of your own volition things can lead to a lot of intimacy and we see we see within the thruple uh, not the thruple the um the cluster that their intimacy is not discussed a lot too it is a little bit compulsive when they're in the situation one's having sex and other one's having sex but there's really no um like pause you know about about engaging in the sex the most we get is from uh kala's husband rajan rajan you know it's it's the whole idea that uh, he has more thinking going on because he's only seeing her. 
I think there that that has something to do with it. You know, everybody is already mentally there. You can't lie to them. It, there's just something there's just something honest about that that shows that yeah, more more people would be open to poly if they were honest with themselves or even just in monogamous couples um, uh, allowing people to flirt with other people you know that that kind of thing so yeah and <laughs> I can't tell you how many straight people um, when they found out that I am poly especially when I was in a triad yeah just like how do you do it blah 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 and I'm like honestly it's just about being open about your feelings communicating sure. like when you're upset about something you just have to talk it through I cannot tell you how many monogamous couples gay and straight were like oh mm. I couldn't do that I'm like what yeah. do you mean you couldn't do that do you not communicate with your partner <laughs> I could never monogamous tell, couples could never are y'all okay <laughs> like are you guys are you all okay she's like, like Shh, it's my secret that I secretly want to fuck our neighbor <laughs> it's my secret <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just it's so baffling to me every time I just talk about like it's just about communication it's just about talking and being honest with each other and like yeah. even when you're angry like not holding that back and letting it fester and how many monogamous people are terrified yeah. of that and I'm just like what is going on in your relationship that you are afraid to talk about your feelings I think generally there's a lot of stuff about truth you know Professor Kalovi says, if people could read your thoughts, you couldn't lie. And I think that's partially the uh, upper intimacy that uh, the cluster itself gets to and that why, why it is able to birth <laughs> throuples, mm -hmm. <laughs> essentially. Mm -hmm. The only other thing that, um, that I wanted to mention was just that I don't know if we talked extensively about her specifically, but but it just in case we didn't, Jamie Clayton, I just think I just think it's hard because Jamie's been out there, but she again, this role being on Netflix was maybe the first time people saw her. But again, her, you know, um, being cast as a pinhead that will hopefully make some more recognition. But you feel like it's really running up a hill you know you feel like they the angelica ross you know she's in an american horror story why don't you recognize her name how is that possible angelica ross is fucking phenomenal and she absolutely should have won awards especially yeah. for oh my god the Those. the that that funeral i cried that, yeah. the entire episode it was one of the best moments of yeah. acting i have ever seen and i was so mad and i'm gonna when... do hot take here tony i do not like that show i don't like it I'm... that's fair <laughs> okay i don't like the show but i love the performances and i love that episode yeah, yeah <laughs> so it's I... really truly like the I guess the point I'm trying to make about, about that, you know, everybody and Jamie is like, yeah, like, look at this role. Look at, look at the actual skill level that she has. We have people with that skill level. I feel like there's people that, like, I feel like they're not even, 
like, are you even watching it? Are you even giving it a chance? Or are you just hearing yeah. trans and being like, oh, uh, whatever, and pushing it aside? Like, yeah. <laughs> I think how so. You could, like, how, <laughs> if, you, if you watched these performances and you're not moved, you have no heart and yeah. you have no business being in a creative field. Right, right. And sense <laughs> and Sensate is not that long, you know, in terms of a series that you can binge. I think people get really scared of it because it looks complicated. This the plot line in a way, they're at, we birthed the cluster, they're after us, we gotta stop them. That is the macro and everything else that's happening is because of the complication of being in the cluster and, and it's in this mm -hmm. level of intimacy and it's very queer. So I guess we will end our discussion yeah. saying sit back, relax. And if you, if you clicked on this podcast, because maybe even you're a queer person that was like, I can't handle it yet. It's, it's a good time. It will make you feel things that will surprise you. And yeah. it is the culmination of two trans women's, tour de force through the industry battling you know bound the matrix speed racer you know battling to make projects that had a lot of meaning to them and they got a few fucking quid for this <laughs> two series in a movie essentially mm -hmm. the international travel the outfits and the queerness in the script in the cast it's a, it's a moment it's a really special moment that you can't miss for me it's very much one of those examples of uh film or tv as at an artistic level yeah absolutely oh it's yeah this done. pretty tv it's pretty pretty yeah. tv <laughs> it's it's beautifully done and don't be intimidated you will right. be just fine it's it's yeah like if yes. you haven't watched it i i highly i i tell everyone to watch it right straight or queer i'm like no watch this trust me watch this watch the show it's you like need to watch the yes show. you'll see you'll see things that you didn't think you would see but that it'll be a good thing it won't be a negative thing you won't yeah. start crying or anything you'll probably get pretty horny so that concludes our discussion. We now move on to our game segment. Well, Tony, today we're going to be playing our first ever round of Queer Cast Cup. I have Excellent. a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cup here that is filled with names of queer talent. I am going to give you a character name and then I am going to pull from the cup. Now, this is just the sensei. This is just our favorite cluster, okay? Okay. You can keep the choice for let's say it's not a queer actor, but let's say I pulled Sean Connery and I gave you Kala. You can either make that Kala or put it in a little bank, but you only have one room, one bank, okay? And I'm physically okay. keeping it here. And once you say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, put another person in the bank, that other actor is gone. You can't use them, okay? okay. 
You're casting our sense eight cluster. Oh, okay? so I'm recast. So I'm recasting. You're recasting, and I want to. I want to. I want to remind Tony. You know, he's trans, so I don't think he needs a reminder. Maybe for some other people, you don't have to cast a trans woman to be Nomi. That's not the point of this. We're talking about vibes. Mm-hmm. We're talking about characters. Oh, I'll <laughs> I'll totally gender bend some things. I'll be like this character Please. in this actor, but you can make it gayer. So feel free to do whatever the fuck you want. But Excellent. again. I will be here to remind you of what you have in your little bank. Okay. Who you have. Okay. So the first okay. character is going to be Kala. Okay. Now I'm pulling a name. It is going to be Hunter Schaefer, trans woman who's about 21 years old, I think, now, and she's on Euphoria. Okay. I think I'm going to put her in the bank. Putting her in the bank. Okay. Yeah. So now we're going to do. Kala again, Alexandra Gray. She is going to be directed by me in Spookable next year. So that's a little plug. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, no, no, so- no, I recognize her now and I'm like, yes, I would, I would absolutely like, I think she would be great as Kala. So you've taken care of Kala then. Mm-hmm. And we've got Hunter still in the bank. Now we're pulling for Wolfgang. Okay. Hey. I've got the name. It's going to be Sarah Paulson. <laughs> See why the game is fun. <laughs> you know what? Sure. I'm going to do it because I want to see it. Yes, please. Yes. Let's have a, let's, yes. Let's have. Sarah's got uh, that verb. Yes. She's yes. got that pugnacity. Yeah, I'm here for that. I'm, All right. I'm here for that. Okay. Our next character is going to be Riley. Okay. And we've. Got, well, I really crumpled these. We've got BD Wong, Jurassic Park. Uh, yeah, no, I know. Okay, no, you know who it is. I'm gonna yeah. bank that. I'm you're gonna, gonna bank, bank it, and you're kicking Hunter out. So BD Wong is here. We've still got Riley up. Okay. We're gonna pull another name. It's looks like Cal Penn. I want him as other characters, but mm. I also want BD Wong. You don't want to kick BD. BD's so good. <laughs> uh, it's going to be Riley. <sighs> I I think I'm going to have to. Oh, You're going to kick oh, BD think, out. <laughs> no, I don't know if I want to kick. Oh, I don't know which one. Now I'm torn. Um, uh, who do I keep, Calpen or BD Wong? I, I I've seen Calpen in more things. Okay. So I have a, a better I have a better knowledge of like his style of acting. All right, big choice, yeah. big choice. Uh, so we've okay. still got Riley up, and now we have Calpen in our in bank. bank. Yeah. We're gonna go with Elliot Fletcher now. Elliot Fletcher, oh. you know, do you know who he is? Um, he was on the Fosters, me. and he yeah. was on the Man Show, the X, X Y, whatever that sci-fi I mean, show was. Elliot Fletcher is kind of a pretty boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I could and uh, looks a little bit like like could definitely be soft. Yeah. Uh, in that, and An I Icelandic. think if Riley was gonna have to be played by a masculine person, I think yeah, I think I could go with Elliot. Okay, so we've got Riley as Elliot Fletcher. And if y'all don't know who Elliot Fletcher is, really look him up. He's really a a great talent that has Mm -hmm. not been given totally his due. We're gonna have a son up next, pulling the new name. Who's it gonna be? It's 
Anna Paquin. I'd like to see her kick some ass. Yeah. Sure. She was in X-Men. Oh, right. But she does run away a lot in that. Yeah, she does. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Let's try it. Let's, 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 sure. Let's try it. So Caffius, of course, we're pulling for now. We've got oh, Cal. Oh, see, that's the thing. I was, I, that's who I was waiting for. You Cal can Penn's wait Penn. till I pull it too, but you can make, make him if you're I, so sure. Uh, let's pull it and see, but that's who I thought of for Cal. Okay, so Laverne came up, so this might be perfect because it goes... Okay, oh, so okay. I'm going to take Cal Penn out of the bank as Caffius, and Laverne Cox goes in the bank, please. In the bank, and then, just happenstance, I did this before, Scout's Honor, Nomi is the next character, so you do have an opportunity I mean, if you I want. Mean, I really want to see Laverne Cox in a nerdy, like, intellectual role. Oh, yeah. So, yes, Laverne yes. Cox. So let's put Hands Laverne up. as Nomi. We've got the bank is free. Okay. And now we're pulling a new name for Leto. Okay. I've got Rebel Wilson, newly came out. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, yes. all you have left after this is Will. Oh my goodness. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm 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 okay with that. Yeah. You like Leto is okay, Leto and Rebel. I, just because like I like I, I've seen Rebel Wilson do things where it's just like I know it's supposed to be done this way, but fuck that. <laughs> right. <laughs> almost across the board. All right, let, we'll give it one final shake. Um, I almost feel like I should end this game with being like the last one is whatever one gets pulled, but yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> that could um, be a thing. <laughs> so this is for Will? So this is just, just going to be Will. Okay, no, the yeah, one yeah. I pulled, um, I guess I'll give you one chance, right? So you okay. could bank this one and okay. just get one pulled. Yeah. But it's going to have to be that one. So the one, the first one pulled is Jaden Smith. Sure. Yep. yep. Will yep. is Correct. going to be Jaden Smith. All yes. right. So let me present to you your cast. Of course, we know Tony is not usually working in the casting department, so be kind people, but we've got Kala, Alexandra Gray, Wolfgang, Sarah Paulson, Riley is played by Elliot Fletcher, Sun played by Anna Paquin, Caffius Cal Penn, Laverne Cox as Nomi, Rebel Wilson is your Lido, and of course, Jaden Smith being a white oh, cop from Chicago. That is our list for Sense8. This is for the spoof parody of Sensate. Just gonna put that out there. It is time now for that award. It's our Gender Icon Award. This is, of course, our very own exclusive TCU Award. You know it by now. You love it. I'll share my pick first and feel free to have it be yours too. There might be only one. I can't, I can't give it to anybody but know me. Mm, same. <laughs> yeah, same. let's so uh, we'll just discuss it. I mean, it's just uh Nomi broke trans TV as we know it and the way she does her shot is iconic and I've just learned to do it this way very recently. She's it's but it's in the butt. She's she, mm -hmm. so, I mean, I didn't think I could twist like that, but um turns out I could just reach um <laughs> pretty yep. easily. So, I'm giving it I'm giving it to Nomi. What about you, Tony? Same with Nomi, and I think the way that she navigates moments like with Bug in gender yes. is very graceful. Yeah. And, and you know, I, 
I, I yeah, I just I love Nomi. I love her representation as a trans character on a show that is not about a coming out story. Yeah, I just I can't give it to anybody but Nomi. Will you like open up with watching her get fucked? Like you know, it's just essentially yes. so groundbreaking. Also. <laughs> This show is bookended by that dildo. Totally. And I just, I love it. it the it, little bit of moisture that just shakes off of it as it hits the ground. I mean, that's like filmmaking dreams come true, honestly. It's spectacular. Thank you, Wachowskis. Yes. Uh, Tony, this was so fun today and maybe multiple days. I don't know. I think our listeners have probably figured it out by now that we needed two sessions to record this. And my, it's, when, yes. I, when I when I told my friends that I was doing this, they were like, so this is going to be a two session episode, right? And I was like, no, 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 no. It's only one. Like, I'm sure he doesn't have time to like do, right. record. Well, I don't think that's not necessarily uh, still not true. But... Yeah, needless to say, no one was surprised when I was like, yeah, we have to do a second recording. Yeah. Fine. I think, you know, for a property like this, uh, it's really uh, necessary. And we've already, uh, we already have the matrix um, in the bank and somebody just asked to do to do bound so mm. i'm you know i'm really excited that of you know the first 52 episodes of of uh, um uh, calendar year there will be three wachowskis in it which only leaves me speed racer uh jupiter ascending cloud atlas for next oh, year oh if you ever so... want to do v for vendetta <laughs> oh, I... I forgot Ooh, yes. that film was formative for me in my like political nice uh sense and i remember when i found out that the, the people who made one of my favorite films were two trans women i was like what you know, and and that movie is also iconic for bad British accents. I love it. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> gives Emma Watson uh, a run up for her money on the bad American accents. It's sort of the the equivalent for me when Natalie Portman's doing that movie. But um, just, but uh, anyway, so Tony, it was so fun to talk, and yeah. uh, I, I really appreciate, especially what you're doing, just in terms of audio. I know people. Um, people can find your work all over the place. Mm -hmm. Again, just just like Jamie Clayton, high levels of craft happening here, and and people people need to to celebrate you. Yeah, and uh, the most music, uh, I, SoundCloud is where most okay. of my music is. If if folks want to find my music, you can go on SoundCloud. Uh, I think it's uh, SoundCloud.com slash Tony Dobeck Music. Mm -hmm. uh, my website is tony dobeck music my instagram handle is tony dobeck music i tried to make nice. it very easy it's not that other tony dobeck that does construction it's tony dobeck music so yep. got it well thank you so much and y'all you know you know where to find us if you found us and you're listening right now you've already found us essentially so the links are in the description go to my website buy my shit like help us buy that freeze-dried ice cream thank you so much again tony and uh, thanks everyone for listening we are out 
And I'm like, I don't think he really actually knows what he's getting into. I have 11 pages of notes and I was getting distracted while I was watching it because I have ADD. Like if I had been on my Adderall while watching Sensei, I guarantee you I could have filled a notebook 